Have you ever wondered what a career in real estate is all about? My 30 Days to Success workbook will teach you what an agent should do from their first day in business through their first 30 days. Everything from finding clients to setting up appointments to deciding what office to join and which type of real estate is good for you, be it residential or be it commercial. 30 Days to Success is a training manual for new people. If you are needing additional training in real estate sales, if your company training program is maybe needing improvement, purchase 30 Days to Success for $79, which includes the link to online training as well as the comprehensive 30 Days to Success workbook. Santa Maria, CEO, Champion School of Real Estate, the nation's leader in real estate education. Our goal is to jumpstart your career, boost your career to the next level, give you insight into what a career as an entrepreneur in real estate is all about. Real estate is the career of top producers, and we are always finding the creme de la creme or best in the business who openly share their steps to success and they are always champions. To give an absolute accurate interview uh, and introduction, I'm going to read to you the amazing information in that they are ranked number one, in a list of large real estate teams by the Houston Business Journal. That was based on 2019 sales volume and units, but this is what's going to just be amazing to all of us. And that is that equates to $628.79 million in volume. Absolutely, just incredible. Ranked number one in list of residential real estate large teams in the United States by the Wall Street Journal. And that, again, is based on 2019 transaction sides. And then ranked number one in a list of Keller Williams teams and groups, not just nationally, but worldwide. And again, that's based on units and closed volumes. So I know that got everyone's attention, Karina and Lance and team. <laughs> and with that being said, I want to introduce the founders of this particular amazing mega worldwide largest team. And the founder is Karina Loken. Hello, Karina. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm fantastic. How are you this morning? I am wonderful. I'm excited to be able to visit with you all for about 50 minutes. Thank you for and well, you are so welcome. Tell us for just a few minutes how you got into real estate. What was that defining moment? 
Um, well, actually, um, Lance had a company that he was working for and um, they needed some help. And I got started doing a little bit of recruiting for them and thought that maybe that sounded like a lot of fun. And in, and as I was looking at that, decided, you know, real estate really was um, more in line with what our family's needs for were. And, um, and so I went ahead and started just investigating real estate. And it was interesting um, talking to a lot of different folks about just this career. Um, it was a way for us to, to get into the business and um, provide for our family, but really serve our community as well. And that's really what our team has, has been all about. Um, and we're so honored to do so. So Karina, what was your background before you went into real estate? Um, so I was an elementary school teacher um, and taught mostly first graders and reading and language arts for almost a decade. Um, and then Lance and I had our girls and I had the privilege of getting to be a mom for a few years too. And what year was that that you went into real estate? Um, so I got my license actually, I'm sure everybody remembers when Ike hit uh, Houston and I was supposed to take my test when Ike hit. So that was in 2008. Um, it was kind of a crazy time to get into real estate. Actually, a lot, a lot of similarities to what we've just been through with COVID and a lot of unknowns and finding lots of new ways and solutions to do things. Um, and so 2008 is when, when I got my license. And then in 2011, we started with this fabulous bunch and started building the team. And um, here we are today. Fast forward 10 years later. It's amazing. So I know you could not possibly have imagined that 10 years later or in 2019 that you would have $628.8 million in production. We're going to find out this morning some of the sort of back-end information on how that came together. And I know when I talked with Lance earlier this week, he was so very, very adamant to make sure that every time I mentioned the um, Loken group, that it was a group, it was a team. It was not only certainly you, Karina, or Lance, it was the team. So Lance, what got you into real estate? I know you have a finance background, but uh, how did you move in to the Loken group? What is that story? So thank you again for having us on today. Uh, my background is mostly in the retail sector, uh, first in the furniture retail business, and then we relocated to Houston and was with Francesca's collections on that retail. And then uh, Karina told me that she loves Houston so much, and I was starting to get a little tired of the retail business, so jumped into the oil and gas industry and did that for about three years, and then the economy uh, plummeted in 2010 and several hundred of us lost our jobs. So I uh, had offers all over the United States. However, nothing in Houston. And Karina said, why don't you get into real estate? And I said, there's no way I'm stooping down to that level, you know, going from a chief financial officer to a real estate agent. I associated that just like a used car salesman in real estate. Um, so finally, one day got up and took all my courses through champions and got licensed and then we started the Loken Group as an organization or as a team in January, 2011. You know, I'm so really pleased that you just brought that forward. So often in the past and 
very possibly current, real estate professionals have had a hard time moving forward to be considered professionals. And yet so many thousands of professionals like yourself leave their former careers, come into real estate, and they learn all of the ins and outs of what goes in to actually making money and having a business. And they're like, oh my goodness, this is truly a difficult career in that you You do have to be educated and you do have to be available. And then it's like, this is an amazing professional business. And we've worked so hard, we being our whole National Association of Realtors, to bring that level of expertise up. And I want to congratulate the Logan Group for being a team that is so very well respected. Congratulations. And I want to ask Karina, when you went into real estate and then when Lance also joined you, did you have a vision of being a mega team? How did that, how did that come about? Karina, do you want to tell us that growth, that defining moment maybe? Well, honestly, um, when I got in in 2008, I honestly can't say that I had any vision for having this business and the the amazing talent that we have today and certainly to the size that it is. Um, you know, I, I was very aware very quickly that I was only really good at two or three things in this business. And there were an awful lot of other things that um, it would serve everyone well if, if I collected, you know, a team of other professionals to be a part of that. Um, but then when Lance jumped in together and we started the Loken Group as what it is today in 2011, um, that's really when this, this massive vision for um, just getting to the size that we are and serving as many families as we get to serve really came into being. Well, when I visited with Lance, he shared with me a little conversation around the kitchen table when he came on board with you. And uh, Lance, would you be so kind to share that kitchen table discussion with our statewide group of wonderful agents? Sure, absolutely. And one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we did, both Karina and myself, is we wanted to raise the bar of the real estate industry so that someday when people are talking, they talk about attorneys and doctors and real estate agents all in the same breath from a professional standpoint. And that's been our goal from day one to elevate the community in in that way. So when we first started, you know, really developing this business, um, we sat down at the dining room table and wrote down our mission, vision and value statements. And it was kind of funny because um, I was looking at my resume and thought, well, the, the first sentence of my resume sounds really good. So why don't we make that our vision or mission statement And fast forward several years later, when we had a group of professionals on our team, they were like, yeah, that's not such a mission statement after all, but we can talk about that later on. Um, And then our vision statement, uh, what we did was we looked at the number one agent in Houston. And in 2011, that happened to be um, an agent right here uh, in the Keller Williams industry. And we looked at his numbers and they were doing about 225 million. And so what we did was we wrote down on a piece of paper, working those numbers backwards, we had a goal of by 2017, we were gonna be number one in Houston and what that would look like. So we looked at what a first year couple could be doing from a business standpoint. And it looked like 
people were accomplishing between six and eight million. So we wrote down the number eight that first year. And then the second year, we felt like we could double the business. And so instead of saying 16, we just rolled it up to 20. And then we felt like in the third year of business, we could triple our business and really gain some traction. So we wrote down the number 60. And in the fourth year, we felt like we could hit that $100 million plateau. And then from that moment, we went in $50 million increments so that by 2017, we'd be doing $250 million in business and be number one in Houston. That was the mindset or the thought process behind that. And then on the values, um, Karina had a great story on how we should come up with the values. And basically, I'll, I'll let her share that. But that was um, how we sat, uh, set up the business. So Karina can share about the values. Well, Karina, plans. that is incredible. I know our students are trying to write all that down. And they are thinking, this is goal setting to the max. And uh, let's just go forward. Karina, what happened next? Um, well, you know, we we sat down again. We're, we still have this dining room table, by the way. Um, and as we're sitting there, it was like, OK, so what do we stand for? Right. What's most important? Um, you know, the way that we take care of our clients has always been first and foremost for us. Um, and we've grown a lot in that area as well uh, as our business has grown and and we've added to our team. Um, we've really refined our values, but in the beginning, we just sat down and said, look, how do we want to make sure we're treating our clients and how do we wanna make sure they feel through the process, right? Um, Lance and I actually had purchased a home and it wasn't, it wasn't the best scenario um, the whole way through the transaction actually. And so that just really kind of brought to light for us you know, how do we want to make sure that we're showing up? It's that that how part we do business. Um, over the years, it's definitely been refined. And um, I think one of the fastest ways that you can determine your values is to think, um, as long as you knew that whatever it was was true, what would you fire somebody for immediately? And remembering that these are your values for your business and for your organization. Um, you know, we've got a lot of folks on our team, right? And so there, there's a a massive amount of diversity and personal values, but at our very core, our business organizational values and how we want to conduct business, um, we're all very much in alignment. And so if you think like, why wouldn't you keep somebody, you know, what that kind of helps you figure out what are the behaviors that you want to see um, in how we operate each day. You mentioned that you have a number of people on your team. I also want to congratulate the team. Gary Keller, who is certainly an icon in our industry and such a visionary, I know he invited the entire team to come and spend the day with him. What a wonderful compliment that was to each and every one of you. And I want to move into your team right now because you do have your, I want to say, executive team with you today. And the first one that I would like to introduce is Sarah Detmore. And Sarah, I understand that you are the VP of Buyer Agents. Can you give us your uh, own information on your position and what you do as VP with Buyer Agents? Sure. Thanks, Rita. And thank you, everybody, for having us this morning. Um, like Rita said, my name is Sarah Detmore. I'm the VP of our buyer agent team with the Loken Group. Um, next month, I'll be celebrating eight years with the team, which is awesome. Um, I think I was the seventh or eighth hire. I have to ask Lance every time because he keeps a spreadsheet of that. So I um, have definitely been with the team for 
um, for a long time through the growth we've experienced, which has been awesome to see. Um, I joined the team as a buyer agent back in 2013 and, you know, over the years have just grown into a leadership role within the group where now I am responsible for a team of 10 buyer agents. And I um, have the honor and privilege of coaching them, training them, serving as their mentor and holding them accountable to their goals and their results and their production for the team. So uh, my background is in sales and marketing and sports and entertainment. And I met Lance and Karina of all places at the Sam Houston race park when I was working there as an event coordinator years ago. And um, the next day they had Lance well, Karina had called me <clears throat> and reached out and um, said, I need to come join their real estate team. And of course I said, no, at first, and here I am eight years later. So it's been a lot of fun. Eight years later, congratulations. That says a lot about the appreciation that is shown by Karina and Lance. Uh, I love the fact that at Champions, our teachers, our staff have been with us for over 10 years. And I know that that is every company's goal is to have good people and keep good people. So congratulations on eight years. Now, do you train the buyer's agent yourself? Do you have ongoing training? How does that work? So I can let Karina and Amy speak more to our onboarding for our agents in production. Um, whenever we do hire agents who are going to be buyer agents, they do start in a sales training that is headed up by Amy Flynn and Karina. And um, and then, you know, they're, they're in that sales training launch program for a certain amount of time. And then we do have some transitional training that I'm responsible for before they roll out into full buyer agent production. So it sounds like your role is almost accountability with buyer's agents. It's keeping them motivated, uh, checking where their production is, where their production needs to go. So you're the motivator, you're the inspirer, you're the accountability coach is what it sounds like. Yes. And you mentioned weekly one-on-one meetings with each buyer agent that, that I hold. And I also hold a weekly team meeting with the entire buyer team. We check in on their personal goals, their business goals, the team production. Um, and especially right now for anybody out there who is working with buyers, it's a very interesting market for buyers. So um, we find ways to stay motivated and creative through very, very strong sellers market. Um, so we can make sure we still you know, reach our production goals on the buy side of the business. And during the pandemic, did you reach out to your buyer's agents pretty much, I would imagine, with Zoom conferences. Yeah, so we had to pivot pretty quickly to doing a lot of things virtually as a company and, of course, as a buyer team. Um, You know, and at the beginning, I think for our entire team, which I'm sure somebody can speak to this more intelligently than I can, um, or, you know, we had to make that shift very quickly to get into a virtual space, even with not only our buyer agent meetings, but also with showings and with meetings with clients. And so it was definitely a, um, a different route for us to take in business, yet we were still successful. Um, in 2020, we actually helped 426 families buy homes in the Houston area. So um, we had a record-breaking year in our buyer business. And, you know, it's, it's great to have a group of buyers agents that are all willing to jump in and make change where we need to. And of course, that all starts with our leadership with Lance and Karina because it starts at the top down. So. So Amy Flynn, you are VP of Inside Sales, and um, we would like to know if you would share with us, how do you train people? How do you do ongoing training? And what do you do as VP of Inside Sales? What does that entail? 
Yes, thank you, Rita. And again, thank you for having us, Amy Flynn. Um, as the VP of Inside Sales, training is a big piece of what we do. It's making sure people understand the fundamentals, um, getting them the right tools and habits in place. It isn't just about the sales skills. It's about helping people form better habits in life, in time management, in goal setting, in so many things. And similar to Sarah, my task then is, you know, the honor to serve the 14 ISAs, which are inside sales agents. They're basically our lead generation. They're, that's our lead generators. They produce and procure um, all of the leads that come through the Loken Group, at least 90 plus percent of them. And so it's also just helping them be accountable to their goals and to our standards and to, um, you know, leading them through staying motivated and staying consistent in their, their business plans. So do you have a multiple interview process? Are you constantly interviewing for new people? How does that process work to find just the right buyer's agent or listing agent for that matter? Rita, we follow Keller Williams Career Visioning, which is a multiple interview process. It also encompasses a variety of types of interviews to try to understand and get to know someone on more of a holistic view. It's very important to us. We're in a win-win relationship that we are not just bringing on people who are a win for us or conversely a win for them, but someone who we really feel in great partnership with. What we have to offer is what they're looking for today and through the next five years. Um, we, again, follow that process and through those different uh, types of interviews, as well as getting to know different people on our team. So uh, it helps us define with a lot of clarity who those right people are. Um, we are always looking for great talent. We're always looking for talent just as we look for leads. And uh, we never turn away the opportunity to bring great talent onto our team because we know talent expands talent. And uh, when they're the right fit, we can find the right place uh, on the bus to, to help them grow and thrive with our team. Rita, you might want to you might want to interject with Amy because she's kind of in a unique situation. She lives and works from Florida. Oh my goodness. So she's one of your virtual agents. Wow. That is really interesting. How does that work for you, Amy? Being so, in Florida. And how did that come about? Very yeah, creative. Interesting story. So really just part of the, uh, you know, pandemic, frankly, my husband got offered an opportunity in Florida. Um, his opportunity that ha he had in Houston didn't um, make it through the pandemic. And many people were, were kind of let go in Houston in that space. And so he was offered a job in Florida. And I was blessed enough that Lance and Karina believed in me and believed in my value to the team to allow me to still serve here in uh, Florida. And lucky enough, we also went fully virtual as a team. So where I was in Florida, it, it didn't really matter so much because my office looks like everyone else is on Zoom. So I still stay very well connected. I meet with all of our, my team and our team and, and the leadership team. I mean, I'm every bit as connected as I always have been, if not more, frankly, because we don't have as much commute times as we used to. And um and, and so, and I fly back to Houston once a month. I spend a week, a month there to stay connected on more of a personal level and just get to see, see people. And that I love that. It keeps me very fulfilled. So it's been, it's been a real win for us. You know, the pandemic has taught us so many new ideas and so many different directions that 
we would never have thought of. So as horrible as it's been, we've also created new positions for people and we've learned how to do business, uh, add-on business that very possibly we, we wouldn't have considered before. So again, very much a visionary for you all to do that. Karina? Yeah, and I just wanted to interject, like you, everyone that's on this call today is just looking at super talent in these folks. And, you know, we truly believe that 95% of all of our assets here are our people, if not more than that, maybe 99%. And, you know, when you've got such amazing folks um, that are really, you even said about like with Sarah Detmore, not even just holding each other accountable, but motivating each other and really being champions with and for each other. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we always find a way to make it work with these folks. And um, Amy's a great example of that. And we're super honored that she wanted to stay with us too. Um, you know, we really believe however our folks are operating internally, that's what's going to spill out to the clients. I love how much credit you consistently give to your team members. That's very, very admirable. And um, I as well see how it is truly a love fest between you and your team members. And if nothing else, I know all of our agents around the state, if not the U.S., that are watching today, tomorrow, in the future will say, you know, just being appreciative of each other is so very important. People want that. We have your VP of operations, Elena Beto. Uh, uh, Elena, uh, let us know what you do in your position as VP of operations. What does that include? Um, yeah, so I am responsible for coaching and training all of our administrative staff, um, as well as systems and processes, um, creation and implementation. So um, I am sort of looking at the business from the 30,000 foot level and making sure that every uh, department is talking to each other and that the systems are, are working um, as efficiently as possible. So what was your background before you came into this position and what inspired you to be in this position? In a previous life, I was a wedding coordinator, um, and I had taken a part-time job as the front desk director of first impressions at our previous brokerage, um, Keller Williams, and that's how I met Lance and Karina, and I left um, to go back into wedding coordinating, and then life circumstance changed, um, as it often does, and I reached out and asked if anybody was looking for help, and um, Lance reached out to me almost immediately, and I've been here for, it'll be eight years in July. So, Elena, how is it that you, maybe this is a question for Karina or Lance, but how does your group decide when it's time to add like a specialist, a specialist for perhaps commercial or a specialist for farm and ranch or a specialist, more specialist on the listing side or on the buyer's side? How is that determined? Is that a good question for you or... Karina or Lance? Yeah, Lance is doing his um, and and Karina are doing their their business planning far in advance. So when we're looking at what our goals are as a team from a production standpoint, we're also looking at that from a staffing perspective. And what does it look like um, from a hiring perspective? based on what what we what production we intend to do in the in the coming year. So I think Lance and Karina can probably talk a little bit more to that, um, but that's sort of the bullet pointed version. So let me bring that up 
two, uh, Lance, and I'm looking over at his picture over there. Excuse me, that's why sometimes I turn left or right. But um, I know that you have a specialist in new home constructions, I mean, new home sales, and you have a specialist in the luxury market. How did that come around, Lance? How do you and Karina decide that it's time to add another uh, department, so to speak? Sure. So from day one, we, we felt like we wanted to run a business. And when you're running a business, you have specialists in each department. And so just like you have a marketing department, an accounting department, a sales department, we wanted to do the exact same type of business model. So we, um, at the end of the day, you look for talent. And when that talent evolves into leadership roles, they're the ones that dictate what direction we go into. So for instance, when Sarah St. Marceau joined us, she ran our entire inside sales department until it grew to a certain level. And then her passion and her um, niche is in the luxury standpoint. So she became president of our luxury division. David Weaver, when Karina found him as talent, he immediately evolved into running the entire builder division. So whatever we find talent, we figure out what that talent wants to accomplish and then help them accomplish that goal. And so that's really how each of the departments have evolved. Um, but at the end of the day, we really wanted people to hone in on their skills and do what they love to do because automatically that's gonna be what they're best at. So our listing agents are focused on listings, our buyer agents are focused on buyers and Amy's department of inside sales, they're focused on lead generating um, on the operation side, they're focused on supporting everybody. Um, as Lance had mentioned, Sarah, St. Marceau is in charge of the luxury division. Give us some information. Did you start out by being a luxury agent specialist? Uh, do you still work in that niche? How did all this come about? And literally, what do you do for the Logan Group? Um, so thank you, Rita. And thank you to Champion School of Real Estate and everybody on here. Um, pleasure to be here. Um, I was hired in 2013. So I'm also coming up on my eight year anniversary with the Loken Group. Um, my background was actually in advertising and marketing before I got into real estate. I did that for about 15 years in New York and in Houston and um, was looking for a change. Uh, fortunate to meet Lance and Karina at the time I was actually getting uh, my real estate license through Champions School of uh, Real Estate. So um, as Lance men mentioned earlier, when I started, um, I started as an inside sales agent and um, eventually helped you know, build and grow that division out. And because of my background and what I'm really passionate about, um, if that really evolved into um, helping build out and grow our luxury division. And um, one of the things that, you know, when Lance and Karina sat down and really built out the vision for the team, I, I don't know that they necessarily had that division in mind. And yet, like they said, it's always about making sure that when you've got the right talent in, helping them um, grow the business and also be able to do the things that allow them to grow as a person and as a leader. And so um, one of the things that we were really facing at the time that we even started talking about building out a luxury division was 
Um, really from, from a brand perception, the Loken Group isn't known for luxury. And when we talked about growing this division spaced out in 2015, you know, we were on radio and TV. And so we were becoming really well known in the Houston area, but not known for luxury. And, um, you know, at the time I was hearing people on the phones and what they were saying. And, and I know Lance and the other listing agents were hearing the objections we were coming up against. We recognized that, you know, in order for us to even get into that luxury space, we were going to have to make some changes. And at the time, we were reading a book called Positioning, which is a phenomenal book. Everybody should read it. Um, and, you know, they were talking about how Toyota got into the luxury space, and they did so by creating a completely separate and distinct brand, which we all know as Lexus. And so we recognized at that point for us to be successful in that division, we were going to have to do the same thing. And so we created Portfolio Real Estate, which is a totally separate division. It's um, 100% dedicated to luxury. The other thing that we did and something that people can think about if you're, if you're wanting to get into the luxury space is who, who is your audience? And we recognized that we can't really compete um, effectively against people who have have those long-term 30 plus year relationships in the luxury space. Um, for us, it was going to look like going after the entry-level luxury buyers and sellers. And that's really what we focused on is that's, you know, 650, 750,000 plus up. Um, so once we really, you know, launched the brand and started doing targeted marketing against those groups, um, we started succeeding in the luxury space. And of course, you know, having people that are dedicated um, and specialized in that field really helps. And, and when I say that, it's not like we brought people in that were specialized. Like myself, we brought people in who had a passion for it. And then we trained them um, and helped them get, you know, up to speed so that they could be successful in that role. If you've been out of business for a while and need to understand etiquette in the workplace, or you want to know how to better manage your time, then you need business etiquette. You're on a lunch date with a customer and you want to feel confident about dining etiquette and introducing your clients correctly to others. You also need business etiquette. This course also teaches you how to public speak, how to set your lifetime and daily goals, If you're in sales, this course and class is a must. We sometimes believe times have changed to casual, but casual does not mean non-professional. Our Champion School of Real Estate Etiquette course fills up quickly for people from all walks of life. The loud voices of body language, the slam dunk preparation for the job interview, the powerful first impressions you want to make with your clients, All of these are part of this must-take two-day course. It's through Champion School of Real Estate's virtual campus, so you can enjoy the course from home. The best $145 you can spend to get you prepared for your new career. In 
your position and certainly being very, very familiar and experienced in marketing, we have a number of new people that are watching and listening to the Logan Group today. What type of marketing or advertising would you recommend for a new person who has a lot of time, but certainly not as much money? Do you have some good information that you could share with them? I mean, first and foremost, and what Lance and Karina did from day one is connect with your sphere because that's your most trusted group and they're the most likely to give you business. And it really doesn't cost a lot of money to go after your sphere. So from a marketing perspective, you could easily, you know, create uh, materials very inexpensively, send, um, you know, drop off gifts uh, to, to your sphere, make the calls, um, posting on social media doesn't have to cost anything if you're doing organic posts. So I would say start there, um, start in your community, um, post on Nextdoor. And, you know, obviously right now we're virtual, but even attending any kind of virtual events that your community has um, just to get the word out. And those things really cost very little money. You have given us some really good points. In fact, that will be sort of a tagline that we'll put on the video when we launch it on YouTube. So, so far, we have our VP on the luxury line and marketing. We have our VP for buyer's agency listings and uh, certainly the whole idea of being in touch with everyone, the team on a regular basis with your communication uh, director. We also have David Weaver, who is VP of Builder Relations. And first I want to say again to our brand new people, which today there are probably over 800 of them watching. And with new people, they're often not aware of the fact they can also sell the new home and interface with the builder's rep. David, can you give us a little insight into what your position is and uh, good information also for new people on how it works when you interface with builders and builder reps? David? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Rita. And thank you, thank you guys for having us on today. Um, yeah, out here in the Houston market, we have tons of new construction going on, tons of building. Uh, many of the Houston top home builders are out here and there's a, a great opportunity for um, agents to get into that space and um, work with builders from a B2B standpoint. Most of the time in real estate, you think it's a B2C uh, relationship. You're helping a client find a house um, or, you're, or you're helping a client sell a house. However, um, with the amount of builders that we have um, in Houston, many times they're not doing their own marketing and they're not set up to list their properties in the MLS. Um, and sometimes they could, and sometimes it's not something they would like to do. So Lance with kind of the, the foresight uh, when he first started the team, recognized that as an opportunity within the market. So it's kind of like, how do we identify who or what kind of specialist divisions we wanna create? A lot of that goes back to what's going on in the market um, and where can we really make an impact? And so he created a, a new construction division. Um, I, I got brought on the team um, actually for a different role. Um, however, had account manager experience in the past, so it transferred over well um, into working with builders. And essentially what we do 
is provide a low cost uh, marketing platform for uh, several of the top Houston home builders for all of their inventory listings. Um, we're also, like you said, interfacing with the sales representative that's selling the home. They have clients that they meet each and every day that have a real estate need, whether it be to get out of a lease or, or to sell one of their homes so that they can purchase and move forward. Um, and the builder is always looking for a trusted resource in order to make sure that that happens um, and make sure that that's a smooth transaction. So um, that's kind of my role. I oversee a few different um, accounts out here in the Houston market. Um, I have a I have a team that um, of people that do things like me go out and also visit sales representatives as well as um, an inside salesperson um, that just prospects for new home business as well as handles referrals from the sales counselors um, and then finally two individuals that manage the entire MLS. So at any given time, we're we're averaging anywhere between uh, two to three hundred active listings with a total of anywhere between four and five hundred active pending uh, listings on the MLS for the builder. So it's a it's a great opportunity for the builder to offset some of that cost um, by not having to hire a person themselves. Um, and we're happy to take it. It's a great opportunity for us to pick up additional buyers that are interested in new construction and form relationships with with people that see uh, buyers and sellers every day. That is so very remarkable. It is so intelligent. It is so truly amazing. What a wonderful thought process to have brought that together because most definitely it's a win-win for the builder. It's a win-win for your company. And you certainly have to have a leader in every division. And I can see that you're a very professional leader. And I just congratulate Karina and Lance so much for being such forward thinkers and visionaries. And yet at the same time, I'm going to ask Karina, if you would, to think back when you first got started in, I want to say, was it 2008 you got started? How did you personally if you can remember what really worked for you to launch your career when you started out, what advice would you give to our new people watching and listening to a superstar like yourself today? Um, actually, I remember it vividly, Rita. And, and it's, it, it has been a lot of what we've built the business on. Quite honestly, you were asking Sarah earlier, like, where to get that new business if you're brand new and don't have any money. That was us. We were not only broke, we were in the hole. And so, you know, it was, we didn't have money to just put lots of fancy marketing out. Um, although we did spend much to my chagrin, um, a significant chunk of change on a website at that time that um, Lance felt was really important. And it did, by all means, it paid off. It was a good decision in the end. Um, but honestly, I had a team leader and one day she pulled me into her office and, and it, it turned out to be a trap, but she said, so when do you think you get paid in this business? And I was like, well, when I go to closings, right? And, and again, it was a trap. She knew that's what I'd answer. And she goes, nope, wrong. And I said, what do you mean wrong? That's when they're going to give me a check, right? Am, am I not getting paid? And she said, no. She said the every day that you don't lead generate and don't get on the phone is a day that you don't get paid. And every day that you are on the phone and you lead generate, those are the days that you get paid. So wow. you get paid the days that you make your calls. And, you know, I, 
I didn't know what I didn't know, right, at the time. And uh, she said it with such conviction. Um, and I'm so grateful to her for that still to this very day because uh, that I believed it through and through. And it proved to be very true. And I think we're all very familiar um, if we've been in this business for even just a little while of the, we, we would joke the macaroni and cheese and steak diet, um, you know, where all of a sudden you've got great business, you can go out for a steak and the next thing you know, you're eating like the craft in a bowl in the microwave because you're watching your pennies again. And it's a really volatile income schedule as Dave Ramsey has called it, right? And so um, I, I just adopted that mindset thanks to her and got on the phone and every day I made calls um, and it really paid off. That is outstanding advice. Outstanding advice. And in my 30 days to success book, in one of those days, I do a similar thing where I challenge the agent down the road when they're a little more successful and they go to their manager and say, gosh, I don't have anything in the pipeline. I mention a story where the manager says, show me your calendar from the last 60 days. And if you were not lead generating and lead generating new people means contacting, social media, picking up the phone, texting, everything where you are meeting the public or people that can give you business. If we don't do it all day long, we're not going to have those closings. That is a great, great example, Karina. I love it. It's excellent. So Lance, many of the experienced agents in our Houston, if not the whole state, if not all of the USA, they know the Logan Group. They know that you are the largest, the mega group. You and Karina have built such an incredible company. You have another specialized area niche where you sometimes advertise that if your house doesn't sell, then you will buy it back. Can you give us your uh, most educated information on how that works and how often it works and what you had to do in order to launch that particular niche. Lance? Sure. Well, first and foremost, you have to have a, a lot of guts to do that <laughs> because you're putting your neck on the line. At the end of the day, though, you also have to be very confident in your business model and what you stand for. And so um, when we go out and say that we're going to get your home sold or we'll buy it, that means we believe in our business model in such a way that we're almost guaranteeing you that our business will get your home sold. And um, there's the way that it works is if we don't have your home sold within a 30 day period of time, we'll adjust the price and uh, and if it's agreed upon price. And then if we don't have it sold again in 60 days, we'll adjust the price one more time. And then if we haven't sold it in six months at a designated value, we'll go ahead and buy that home off of your plate because at the end of the day, we didn't do our job. And that's what it comes down to. So we want to give our clients the assurance that we're going to get their home sold. You're obviously a very credible and honest team because you do advertise that. And as I started out this morning uh, introducing the Logan group, I mentioned your reputation is stellar. So congratulations on another niche that worked. 
And at the same time, I can understand your fear when you agree to do that. Um, it's like, okay, here we go. But certainly if the seller is willing to take your good advice, then um, everything works positively for each other. Elena, with 89 people and 15 virtual people, how do you keep the team together? What kind of things do you do for team building? Um, we definitely had to pivot in this area since COVID. Um, we used to do a lot of things together in person before um, March of last year. Um, we've since moved a lot of things virtually. Um, just in general, we meet every single week as a whole team um, for our weekly team meeting. Um, we start that out with shout outs and ahas where we get to kind of share some share some love with our teammates and build um, some, some rapport there. Um, we also um, we have a, a Wowies event where we give out um, our annual awards. Um, we did that virtually this year, so that was a little bit of an experience, but that's also a really um, a really fun event that we could do. Um, and in, within our departments, we're all doing um, virtual events to keep our departments sort of in touch with one another. So I know Amy's department did a murder mystery Zoom party, and that was really um, popular. Um, we've done, our marketing team has a lot of great events that they've put together. So we're just getting really creative, honestly. So uh, most definitely, it's an ongoing thing, keeping everybody together and reaching out and touching each other so the team stays together and they know we are a team and it has been very different with virtual. We did a virtual Christmas party this year. And honestly, after all the planning that our president of our company did, Kimberly Didelowitz, everyone said, you know, we loved going to hotels and having a great holiday party, but that virtual party was a blast also. <laughs> I think people felt really comfortable just kind of, you know, being a little more casual, but we have been challenged. The challenge right now through this pandemic that allowed for wonderful sales for real estate and the uh, auxiliary businesses, it allowed us in 2020 to be in a position that most other industries were not in. And yet there were so many other challenges that agents dealt with. Right now, one of the challenges is not having enough listings and then buyers really um, just having to have a difficult time finding homes. So Amy Flynn, how have you all dealt with that particular challenge? How are you finding more listings? How are you finding those properties for buyers? Sure, I um, I wish I had a magic answer for you, and yet we don't, right? Like it's it's the power of lead generation. We've we've gotten more focused, and we've increased our goals on on contacts, right? Because when the market changes, and there aren't as many people who are ready to move now, or there's maybe more, you know, hesitation out in the market for sellers to go on market we need to talk to more people, right? The, the, there's, the opportunity is out there. It's just a matter of, of changing the way you look at it and deciding where to invest more energy. And so there's been a whole lot of that. And there's been a lot of energy for the buyer team around getting more creative in 
finding properties that are maybe off market or before they come available. If that's something like we could do circle prospecting around neighborhoods that we know buyers are looking to move. And there's a lot of traction there to see if, um, if we can pick up more listings in that space. So really it's just a matter of increasing your, your efforts and your focus and attention and uh, just working for ways to thrive through the market, whatever it throws your way. I was going to add to what Amy said, um, depending upon what the market is like, your marketing message will have to change as well. So in this market, guaranteed sale isn't as powerful of a message as it was a few years ago. So now, you know, we're talking about some of the other programs that we offer, like buy before you sell. And some of our most powerful marketing messaging that's helping the ISAs get more leads is just around the hot market and educating the people in our data bank and, on, and through social media that now is such a phenomenal time to buy and sell because of where the market is at and because we still have such incredibly low interest rates. Did we ever imagine we'd be able to buy before we could sell? But never. <laughs> But knowing how robust and aggressive the market is, we're able to actually do that. And your explanation was excellent. Lance, I think you wanted to add to that as well. Sarah said exactly what I was gonna say. What, what we have done is we've embraced the opportunity because right now there's so many buyers out there and there's not enough listings. So we're kind of taking the reverse effect of focusing on going after listings we're taking the buyers and hopefully those buyers have homes that they need to sell. So focus on attracting as many buyers as possible and we'll get listings out of that mechanism. And the buy before you sell programs really helped a lot. And uh, Sarah Detmore may be able to add a little bit to that as well. So you were so very, very smart to bring in the builder side of that, because I'm sure David is able to keep up with all those builders that are now building on lots. Some lots that sat for 10, 15, 20 years are being built on now. And when those lots are now under construction, you have your foot in the door. David, have you found that our builders are building faster or has it been more difficult with COVID getting supplies? Are they still on a regular schedule or what have you seen in that area? Yeah, great question. So I would, I would say that um, right now the, the builders have kind of worked out the kinks uh, when it comes to supply chain um, and getting, getting homes built. For a period of time, certain vendors were closed, um, couldn't get product out, cabinets, um, countertops, items like that. Um, really what's putting a strain on the market is too many home sales. So um, lumber has been an issue right? Um, because of a boost in home sales over such a short period of time, a supply and demand surge has caused prices to, to go through the roof. So that's one item. And the other thing is just with the amount of home sales, with people moving out to the burbs, and really that being one of the only opportunities to buy a house, um, you know, trades have been in short supply as well. Um, so, so builders are still building the home. They know where to go to get it. Uh, they're having to increase their costs um, in order to you know, build a home under the timeline um, because they want to be turning a certain number of homes per year. Um, and for our agents, um, ISAs and, and, and Sarah's team, really, um, you know, we're working together a lot, right? Because, you know, the MLS is going to show me 
the, the resale opportunities and the new construction inventory. Well, we already know that that's down 50% from the same period a year ago. So I'm not gonna see very many homes. Uh, alternatively, you know, on the MLS, um, the build option is, isn't really always marketed. It's very rarely marketed actually. 75% of homes that a builder can build for a client are not available on the MLS. So um, it's about um, just kind of speaking to that with agents um, to encourage them to kind of look for different areas to find homes. Um, the MLS doesn't have to be the one-stop shop uh, for finding homes for your buyers because it doesn't service uh, the new construction community very well. And in Houston, where you know at least a quarter of the homes are new construction sales, we have to find an, a different way to, to get that information. So it is part of understanding what builders are building in a market, what price point they're building at, um, what sections they're going to be releasing, forming relationships with the sales counselor so that you know um, you can be the first person to know when all those those lots are released. Um, and that really sets you apart for the buyer because now you're kind of providing a pocket listing, right? Um, without, you know, the legal way, of course. Um, but it's it's something that's not going through the traditional route that most people would think hard.com, truly Zillow or whatnot. It's going through your knowledge and expertise of what's really going on in, in your local market. Excellent information. And I can just imagine some of our students are writing as fast as they can. But again, remember, it will be on YouTube tomorrow morning. I can't believe that our time is now just about up. I do want to say, David, Elena, Amy, Sarah, Sarah, every time you all were speaking, Karina and Lance were smiling so proudly of each one of you and what you had to say. It was just really, you could tell that they care about their team and, and they're so proud of each one of you. And I can see why. Karina, I want to say, based on uh, your VPs that have spoken, so many of them have been with you for eight years. So eight years ago was a magical year for you. You started hiring away and what a great decision-making process you had. As we finish up, I don't want to forget to thank you, Karina and Lance, for being our platinum sponsor when Barbara Corcoran was here speaking. And uh, Champion School of Real Estate so appreciates the fact that you invested in our special event. And then at the same time, I know Barbara was happy to see you and Lance because you do market and have Barbara Corcoran as a person that gives a personal testimony to your team. So congratulations on that. As we finish up, looking at what you've created, Karina and Lance, uh, and I say Karina because she is the founder, and most definitely I can speak from experience. I'm the founder of Champion School of Real Estate. My husband is a commercial broker, but we certainly depend on each other. Uh, as far as being a team. But looking back, is there anything that comes to mind that if you were your younger self that you might have done differently to get to where you are today, maybe faster or differently, or is everything just uh, as it should have been? Karina? 
You know, Rita, we, and thank you for all the amazing things you said about us, but especially about these guys here, um, because they are stellar, as are all the other members of our team. Um, and we get asked pretty frequently, is there anything we would do different? And I mean, very quickly, Lance and I have always been able to say, nope, <laughs> we really wouldn't, or we wouldn't be where we are today, and we wouldn't have these folks along with us on this journey. Um, we've made a lot of mistakes. Um, I've been joking. I think there needs to be a sequel um, to Failing Forward, the book Failing Forward, one of my favorites that's failing forward faster. I feel like um, we're doing that each and every day and, um, and learning along the way, right? So I don't know that we would do anything differently. Um, on any great scale. And we've learned from all the things that we've done well and the things that we haven't. Um, and, and that's honestly, I think that's the biggest lesson, right? Is as you're growing your business, um, to surround yourself with really amazing, smart mentors, be careful who you take advice from. Um, and then when things don't go exactly as planned, learn from it and um, make the changes you need to make and surround yourself with people that are way smarter than you so that they help you make the decisions. Very good and good information. And you're absolutely right. Why would you have changed a thing? Look where you are today. Number one in the USA. Congratulations. That is just huge. And Lance, any final thoughts or comments to our group today? No, I, other than you make sure that you place your number one priority on the people that you surround yourself with. Look at the executive team that we have. Uh, together with us. We get the honor and privilege to serve them on a daily basis. And they're the ones that make this organization what it is today. It has nothing to do with Karina and myself. So um, it's truly an honor. Thank you. Do you want to know what successful people in real estate do every day? Learn the how, the why, the what of their daily success by tuning in to our Champion School of Real Estate podcast every week. Every Wednesday, we will add new insights to elevate your entrepreneurship and help you make new breakthroughs in your business. You can do it. We can help at Champion School of Real Estate weekly podcast.